word, you know, it's called thrive. And so I looked in the dictionary to see what thrive meant and the definition of it. And we'll talk about that boy, Parker, in the movie. I don't know what his name was in the movie, but we'll call him Parker, amen? And you read Psalms 1. Let's read Psalms 1. And God tells us this is basically what he's called us to do. He didn't tell us, ever promise us that he would give us a perfect life. I think this movie is a great example of this short film of, of, of how many countless people in the world are trying to make it through circumstances that are very difficult. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but we know good and well in this place right here, there's a lot of us who have been through some adverse situations and we're saved today for the glory of God, amen, and, the, and the, the praise of God, that by His grace, we're saved, amen? It's amazing. It's a miracle. And Psalms 1 tells us how we do that. It says in verse 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. Amen? That's the key, church. We, the way we thrive... The way we make it for God, the way we're going to make it to the end, the way we're going to be ready when the rapture happens, like we've been talking about, is we're going to be planted in the Word of God. Amen? We're going to continue to thrive, and we're going to continue to walk, and we're going to continue to fight. We're going to continue to pray. We're going to be, continue to be steadfast, no matter what. And amen, this, this boy in this story had everything stacked up against him. And he broke the curse of his mother's life and decisions and the path that she was leading him down by her actions. And I know that in our own lives tonight, we, many of us can relate to that kind of a story. And you can say, man, thank God by his grace, I am here right now. Thank God I, I made it. Amen. Thank God he loved me where I was. And now for us to continue to be ready, we've been talking all these weeks about being ready for the rapture, being ready for his return, being ready when we breathe our last breath, and being an overcomer. The way we do that is exactly what that boy did in that story, which is thrive. And the definition is, listen to this, to, to, here's, there's several of them that I, I chose out of, uh, out of this word in the dictionary, and it says to make steady progress. So I'm going to read a few things. If you're taking notes, write these things down, and, and if you need a title, Thriving for Jesus. Amen? Thriving for Jesus. So Thrive says to make steady progress. Your, your question to you tonight is, am I making steady progress as a believer? Amen. You should, you should not focus just on the, the failures or the mistakes or the things you've done wrong. Like we've said before, you should look at your life and say, okay, I'm not where I want to be yet, but I'm not where I was. Amen. I'm not, I'm not doing everything God's called me to do, but I'm doing a lot more that God's called me to do than I was last year. Amen. I'm growing. I'm making steady progress. I'm not going backwards. I'm going forwards. And that's the word thrive. The another one is to prosper. Are you prospering tonight? Are you prospering in the Lord? I, when I say prosper, I don't mean financially. That's a, a part of prosperity. I'm talking about in your health. Are you, are you prospering in peace? 
Are you prospering in your relationships with other people? Are you prospering in your marriage? Are you prospering with your kids? Are you prospering in your relationship with the Lord? Amen. Are you closer to God today than you were last year? Are you closer to God today than you were last month? Amen. How many many know this is what we got to be thinking about? We're thriving. Are we thriving for Jesus? Are we making it? Another one is to grow vigorously. That means there's a, there's a tenacity. There should be something in us. That boy in the movie is basically growing vigorously in spite of everything. He's, something was inside of that boy that said, you know what? I'm not going to listen to my mom. I'm not going to get down by looking at my mom. I'm going to, somebody, that grandma most likely, was being an example in his life. And was pouring into him and speaking into him from that young age. Thank God for godly influences. Amen. Amen. Somebody in our life that's going to speak to us when nobody else does. If you think about your life right now, and maybe you've just gotten saved, you've been saved for a while, you can look back at your life and your past, and you can think of the people in your life that were negative and the people that were positive. People who, if you would have followed their example alone, you'd be on drugs, you'd be dead, you'd be in jail, you'd be on the street, you'd be all kinds of different places. But thank God for the other people who maybe they were a grandma, a cousin, an aunt, a friend, a school member, a a workmate, somebody was pouring in some seed into your life. Amen. And so you look at your life and you say, what am I listening to? And thank God that boy was listening more to that grandma, those influences in his life, than what he was staring down in front of him, which was a mom who was dying of drug addiction. Amen. Another one is to flourish. These are all definitions of thrive. Flourish. Grow. Go, when you think about flourish, you think, man, that thing is really growing. It's, it's not just growing normally. It's growing almost abnormally. It's growing when it shouldn't grow. How many want God or people to look at your life and say, man, that person is growing so much, and I, but I see the situation that they're in. They shouldn't be growing. They should be, they should be dying. They should be going backwards. But somehow, in the midst of all this situation they're in, they're growing. They're flourishing. It's like that piece of grass that you see coming through the concrete. Does that ever freak anybody out? It's like, how in the world did that piece of grass... I think that... I started thinking today, what are some examples of thriving? That piece of grass, to me, there's no greater example than to see a piece of grass that has grown through concrete. Think about it. As a matter of fact, I didn't think of anything until just now. Thank you, Lord. That example came to me. There's no greater example. I mean, concrete's as hard as it gets... And wherever there's concrete, it's been poured for there not to grow grass. Dirt's been, you know, eliminated. Things have been put down below so it wouldn't happen. Concrete's mixed. It's hard. It's calloused. It's almost like what we're doing. If you look at a Christian's life today in 2013, we are like a piece of grass that is growing through concrete. Amen? It's getting harder and harder and harder for us to grow. But how many know when you see that piece of grass sticking out of that concrete, that piece of grass stands alone from everything else that you could possibly see. When you're out in a field of grass, you don't know who's who. But God has called us to thrive. He's called us to grow out of concrete. Amen? No matter what circumstances or situations you've been placed in, God can call us to grow through that concrete, amen, and be that grass that grew through concrete to flourish in circumstances that are ridiculous. And the last one is this. This is what I really want you to get because it all brings back the rest. 
to progress toward or realize a goal. Okay, we obviously know tonight what our goal is. Our goal is to make heaven our home. Our goal is to tell as many people about Jesus as we can. Right? It's that simple. What's our goal again? Our goal is to make heaven our home. There should be no greater goal tonight that we personally are in heaven for eternity and we're not anywhere else but with God for all all of eternity. That's number one. If you've got a different priority than that, then you need to set your priorities right tonight. You need to get back on your focus of why you're here, and it is to make heaven your home. God, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place that where I am, you'll be also. I don't want to be alone. He said, I don't want anybody to perish, so that's number one. And the second is, we're talking about all the time, is that I take some people with me. I take some people with me to heaven. I, don't, I want to get to heaven, but I don't want to get to heaven alone. And so that's our, our, our goal. But it says to progress toward or realize a goal. And listen, this is the best part about the word thrive. Despite or because of circumstances. Okay? To thrive. So listen to this again. To make steady progress. To prosper. To grow vigorously. To flourish. All those things that you think about in that word. But that all comes not... The word thrive doesn't come off of just just doing that. It comes more that you grow, you prosper, you flourish in spite of or because of circumstances. They're thriving in the situation. An animal's thriving in the wild. He's thriving in diverse or adverse situations and conditions. God has called us as believers to thrive in this world. And sometimes we think, man, it's bad, it's rough, it's, it's going wrong. And God is saying, yeah, it is. That's what I called you to thrive in. I called you to be different. That's why the road is narrow, because not everybody can thrive in those conditions. And you need to remember that the Bible says that he'd never give you more than you can handle. So if you are going through some situations right now, you should say, God, thank you that you've counted me worthy to go through these conditions. And you think I've got it together enough that I can thrive in the spite of or because of these adverse situations. Amen. And look at that challenge as something as just that as a challenge. Not as that God's mad at you or he's trying to hurt you. God knew in that movie that that boy could be trusted. To go through adverse situations and turned out to be a preacher. Amen? Isn't that amazing? And God will always work everything out in the end. we got to trust that tonight. Amen? So go to 1 Peter chapter 3 and I want to show you something else. I read this yesterday. You might have seen it in your daily Bible, your daily devotion. And it stuck out to me and I thought I wanted to read it tonight. 1 Peter chapter 3. Say amen when you get there. How many like promises? Amen. Somebody give me the time because my watch still says 7 o'clock. We might be here for a while. It's time for a battery. What time is it? 7.57. All right. 1 Peter chapter 3. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And His ears are open. To their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. 
Amen. So you want tonight to have your prayers answered and you want God's eyes upon you. Sometimes we need to read a verse, church, and not just read it because we want to say, well, I read 10 verses. We need to read a verse and say, Lord, give me revelation out of this verse. Lord, speak to my spirit out of this verse. And I don't know about you, but when I read that verse, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, my spirit gets excited. Excited that God says that his, if I'm walking righteous, if, if, I'm, if I'm walking holy, if I'm seeking the face of God, if I'm saying no to my flesh... Amen. If I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, if I'm walking in communion again in that movie, mom, I want to have a relationship with you. That's what God is saying to us tonight. I want to have a relationship with you. Amen. We don't get that sometimes. We think he wants to hurt us or wants to chastise us or wants to spank us or be mad at us. He wants to have a relationship with us. But God is still God, and God still hates sin, and He loves righteousness. And so His eyes are on those who are righteous. So that obviously means we understand that we're righteous in Jesus. But that it goes further to say, Lord, I've accepted my righteousness, and I want to walk in righteousness, and know that if I'm doing what like I said on Sunday night, if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, if I'm abiding in the Lord, I'm abiding in His Word, his ears are open to my prayers. Isn't that exciting to know that He is listening? It's, it's like God loves us and listens no matter what. But when we're walking in righteousness, His eyes are on us with pride. And His ears are down inclining to us and saying, Hey, tell me what you want. I want to answer you. Tell me what you want to say. I'm listening. Amen. I want to hear your words. I want to hear what you have to say to me. And when we're walking in that place, it doesn't mean he loves us anymore. He's going to love us in sin. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. But he says, if you'll walk in righteousness, we've got to understand that there's a prize for doing right. Amen. There's a blessing. God, sometimes you might say, man, why isn't God answering my prayers? Hey, get in that place where his ears are inclining to you. Get in that position where his eyes are looking at you. And that's going to take some decisions sometimes of saying, you know what? This thing that I could do, like we talked a while back ago, that's maybe permissible to me, is not profitable to me. And it might hinder some prayers. It might have God's eyes looking at somebody else instead of looking at me. I want God's attention on me, not in a prideful way, but I want him to be pleased with me. And this verse right here says, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Amen. We don't want God to turn his eyes from us. We want his eyes on us. And look at 13. And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? Amen. Remember tonight, church, on this Wednesday night, as you come into church, you get ready to go on through the rest of the week. As you're fighting the good fight, you remember that when you're doing right, God is pleased. He's pleased. Amen. It, like, I, like I said, if you're not doing right, he doesn't love you any less. We got to remember that. His love is amazing. His love is un, unexplainable. His love is new every morning. His mercies are new every morning. And, he, and, and he's going to love you all the way, not us in the name of Jesus, love us all the way to hell. You realize he loves people all the way to hell. 
But we send ourselves there. We put ourselves in position to not have God hear our voice. It's not him that doesn't want to answer. But how many know God is God? And he says, my eyes and my ears are on the righteous. Amen. And so we have to thrive for that righteousness. And that means we have to be right when it's not easy to be right. Say what's right when it's not easy to say what's right. Go to the right place when it's not easy to go to the right place. Stand up for God when it's not easy to stand up for God. Amen. Be true when it's not easy to be true. It's easy to do wrong. Have you realized that yet? Does anybody need a revelation tonight of how easy it is to sin? It's not hard. Don't take any practice. Doesn't take any time. Doesn't take any willpower. Doesn't take any trust. Sin is easy. Anybody can sin. But a person who thrives in this world, you know, I, I, I can't say it enough, church. It's, it's harder and harder and harder and harder to live for God today. But yet at the same time, it actually can be easier if you put your eyes on the Lord because there's not a whole lot of people doing it. Amen. Amen. It's easy because you say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to be in love with you. I'm going to keep my eyes on you. And your eyes and your ears are going to be attentive to me to hear my prayers, to listen to my voice, to give me the desires of my heart. Amen. One last thing I want you to think about tonight. This is something I was thinking about even during praise and worship that we have to have as an attitude to make it and thrive. So we have to stay focused. Okay. It's easy to get off of focus. Even when we come to church, even when, even when sometimes we get here and we say, okay, I made it, so I'm good. Don't just get here. Don't just be here physically. Amen. Here, Be here mentally. Be here spiritually. Be here financially. Be here in every area of your life. Be here. Amen. You know, you start thinking about a, a church setting like this, a church service. How many know that when you're going through your day, not even at church yet, you're just going through your day, you're in a crowd, you're with people, it's easy to daydream. Right? Your mind wanders. Right? And, and you, be, you begin to think about other things, and that's the whole problem with, with school. You know, kids that, we all as kids when we were in school, or teenagers or adults in college or whatever, it's easy to, be, to lose concentration on something and just let our minds wander. And I don't know about you, but I always hated it when the teacher called on me. When I wasn't there, fit, fit mentally, amen? So, Blake, what was the answer to that question I just asked? And I was staring at the trees outside or something. I was thinking about basketball after. Horrible. Horrible. Horrible moment, right? We've all been there. Everybody's been there. We can't allow that to happen to us in God. When we come into church... We need to thrive. Thr something that's going to thrive is going to stay concentrated on the prize, steadily making progress. And so we get to church and we say, God, I'm going to shut down everything else for a, for a little while. You know, just like you, I'm commending you tonight. I'm not, I'm not convicting you or condemning you. I'm commending you tonight. Here you are on a Wednesday night and you're here. You say, I'm going to church tonight. I'm not staying home. I'm going to be at church. I'm going to go get something from God. I'm going to listen to the word. I'm going to praise and worship. But I can't say enough tonight as you think of this spirit of thriving that you've got to stay concentrated on the Lord. Amen? 
And so tonight as we leave, think about this for Sunday when you come or think about this for tomorrow when you're at work or Saturday morning for the outreach or anything you do for God. Focus. Focus. Don't do anything just to do it. I don't want to do anything just to do it. But how many know you can get caught doing that? Are you following me on that? Just like you can get caught daydreaming. Right? Or sleeping. That's a whole nother story, right? Kick the desk in front of you. It's the worst when you're sleeping in class and there's nobody there that day in front of you. I don't know how many times I was sleeping in class. And, I, and, and it's funny because I don't dream much now. But I sure did dream a lot in school. And it always seems to be that dream where you're falling off a cliff. And then you got to kick real fast so you don't fall. And I kick the desk in front of me. And the teacher would be talking, you know, and then your head's up, and then you got the big line across your forehead, drill coming out your mouth, and you're a senior in high school, right? I know I just described something none of y'all have ever dealt with, ever, right? Horrible. You want to crawl into the desk, if you could fit. Get away from everybody staring at you. Right? But we can have that happen sometimes in church. We can get here and our mind is so cluttered and so full of stuff that we can get our focus off of God and be here. So, and, and thank God we're here because a lot of people that aren't even here, they're obviously their focus is on something else. But don't just, I just want to commend you tonight not to just get here, but to say, okay, I'm here, I'm focused. During praise and worship, I'm focused on the songs. What's the, what's the words I'm singing? What does that mean? And, am I thinking about it? Or, you know, not just daydreaming and being caught looking around and just focused. And then the word comes and say, man, this, this word, it's God's word. It doesn't matter what's said tonight. It doesn't matter who's preaching. It's coming from your word. God, I'm focused tonight on whatever you're going to say because I know it's going to be from you and it's going to change my life. I'm going to focus on this. I'm, going to, I'm not going to think about work tomorrow. I'm not going to think about how tired I am. Because do you realize that when you get to church, how tired you are is irrelevant once you're here? Right? I mean, you're going to be tired whether you concentrate or not. So you might as well concentrate and get something out of the message. Right? Instead of just going, hey, what, what, so what's going on at church tonight? We went. We went. It was... What was the message on? Oh, it was about, I don't know, it was on the platform. How long was it? Five, ten minutes? I don't know. I don't, it was there. It was, you know, just general explanation. Praise and worship was good. We sang songs. Which ones? I don't know. We sang. Right? I mean, we could do that sometimes. What was the message about? We forget by the time we get to the car because our mind is not on it. That's one of the reasons that I talk so much about taking notes for one of those nights that you're really not... Here, at least when you get home, the message will be there for you, right? So I just want to say that this is something I was thinking about. This is, you can't just thrive. It sounds good. Let's thrive for Jesus. And you think, oh, that grass coming through. Man, that grass had to be concentrated. There, there was a spot in that cement. I mean, you put yourself in the grass's position. There, he's trying to see the light. And it's darkness all around him. And he's tr- he sees a hole. Big enough for him to grow through. 
And the only way he's going to get through that hole is to keep his eyes on that prize, which is coming out. Because that's what grass was grown for. That's what grass was, it lives for. Grass lives to grow. It doesn't live to die. It lives to grow. And so we as Christians need to be surrounded by darkness and say, there's my hole, there's my prize. I'm going to concentrate on it and I'm going to grow and I'm going to progress and I'm going to flourish in this dark world. Amen? No matter what's around me, no matter what's going on, I'm going to flourish. Amen? Praise God. Let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you for your word.